Hey, bookworms. Welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am so glad you are here. I am the Picky Bookworm, and I love bringing recognition to indie and self-published books through book reviews, proofreading, and podcasting. Every Saturday, I get to talk to a member of the writing community, from book bloggers to authors and even other podcasters like myself. I'll include a link to my website where you can leave a comment with your thoughts on the show or questions for the author that I may not have gotten to. You can also find information on how to sponsor this podcast. Ready? Grab your tea, wine, or laundry, and let's get to it. Back to the Picky Bookworm podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here with me today. I have Rebecca Fazio with me uh, on the podcast today. Super excited to get to know her along with you guys. Super excited to talk books and life and everything in between. I will warn you, she's from Louisiana, so we're going to have some food talk. I can pretty much guarantee it. But that's okay. It's going to be fun. So grab your tea, grab your wine, grab your laundry, Caroline. We're going to get started. Rebecca, hi. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. No, no problem. I am so glad that you were able to come on today. So um, real quick, before we get started um, with all the book talk and food talk, because I know there's going to be plenty of that. Um, real quick, tell us just a little bit about you, what got you started writing, uh, what kind of books you write, and just what inspires you. Yeah, um, I have, I've just always loved to read. Um, I remember reading late, late into the night by the light of like my bathroom, um, being grounded from reading as like my punishment. Yeah, my parents weren't super that's oh another story. yeah, that's y'all another story. y'all missed the y'all missed the look of utter horror that just came over my face. That should never be a punishment ever. Like you take away TV and phone and like car and going outside. You don't. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's, wow. That's just a funny trauma, story. Like, trauma, trauma. Family trauma. But then you tell other people, and they're like, "No, that's not. That's not funny." Okay. Whew, okay. Like, yes, I just always would read. I was a big reader, but sometime probably in like seventh, eighth grade, whenever like the whenever the internet came out and got really popular, um, my friend introduced me to Harry Potter fan fiction, and writing Harry Potter fan fiction and so that is when I realized oh I can actually write my own stories and using other people's characters but creating my own stories from that world and so that really got me into writing and then that transitioned into writing my own stories with my own plot and my own characters and it's just continued since then. So, do you still write fan fiction every once in a while? I don't, but I still read it. Oh, I still read it. <laughs> I, you know, I, my friend Katie, hi Katie, she um, got started with, and she still does every once in a while, but she got started actually with um, Stardew Valley fan fiction. <laughs> Yeah, and she she was telling me when I recorded with her a few months ago, she was um, telling me she goes, 
I don't know if you'd like it. It gets kind of spicy and I'm like, okay. So now I really have to check them out because I, we both play Stardew Valley and that was um, one of the things that we kind of connected with, connected over um, when we were recording. And because I I warned you before (laughs) we started recording, the conversations go really <laughs> wacky places, yeah. but I think that's, that's kind of what makes them so fun is you honestly never know what to expect when you are listening to my podcast, like ever. Right. And so we were talking, we were talking about Stardew Valley and, um, you know, that was just one of the things that we, we have connected over. Mm-hmm. And so when she was telling me that she wrote Stardew Valley fan fiction, I'm like, okay, I have to check them out. She goes, well, just so you know. And I'm like, okay. So now I'm debating because that's not really a genre that I read much is like the spicy me stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, I know these characters because I've played the game. So it's like, do do I want to? Do I not want to? (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, but I will say that if I ever got started reading fan fiction, it would be Stardew Valley fan fiction. Just because it's so wacky. Um, And it's just, it's such a a unique place. You what? No, I said there's fan fiction for everything out there. That's what I've heard. And, you know, I just, because I personally just don't write, like I, like I don't write stories. I love writing book reviews. I love writing, um, you know, blog posts and, and stuff like that from my website. Um, but when it comes to like creating a story out of thin air, um, I, I really think that's something that I would struggle with just, you know, but, you know, but at this, but at the same time, when I'm talking to somebody else about their story and they're like, okay, I'm really struggling with this one plot point. Well, why don't you try this? Oh yeah. yeah okay. So it's like, I, I can help other people and I can like be creative in that aspect, but please don't ask me to write my own because yeah. I guarantee you the writer's block would be real, like for sure. Right. So, but you know, I, I, like I it's really helpful though, like to, to bounce ideas off of because we read so much and mm-hmm. we can, work through these problems that writers like when when I'm writing I might not be looking at things from all the different angles that a reader would or a reader like recognizes you know so definitely like when I'm talking to other people about a story and they're like hey you know what about this it just like dings something in my brain that I'm like oh I wouldn't have even like thought of that yeah yeah, that's what I usually tell people when um, when I'm talking about like my editing and proofreading services. You know, I'm like, it's from a reader's perspective and from a reader's point of view, because you know, I my goal in that aspect in that regard is not to make your book perfectly grammatically correct. It is I I don't want it to read like textbook. There is no point, but what I do want is I want the story to flow and I want to make it as comfortable for a reader as possible. And, you know, if that means 
ending a sentence with a preposition or, <laughs> yeah. you know, because, you know, my, my mom told me one day when I told her that I was starting um, proofreading and editing, she, she had just gotten done reading um, a self-published book and she reads a lot of them. She re because she doesn't have a big, huge book budget. So she goes on like BookBub and, you know, places like that. And she grabs the, the free books. Yeah. And most of the time, I would say probably 97% of the time, those are going to be self-published books where the authors have put them free for a while. Mm -hmm. And so she told me one day, she goes, I am so happy that there are editors and proofreaders like you in the world. And I was like, okay, big, huge compliment from my mom. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And cause my mom is, she's one of those super honest people that if I had decided that I wanted to do something that I just would not be good at, she would support me and she would be like, you know, all gung-ho, you do, you know, you do you kind of thing. But at the same time, she'd be like, really think about whether this is something you really want to do yeah. because, you know, so, you know, she's one of those people that if it's something that I would be really good at, she would for sure tell me that I would be really good at it. Mm -hmm. And so I had um, proofread a um a book for a for a friend of mine and I had my mom had bought book one in the trilogy I hadn't worked on book one but I had worked on book two and so you know I I had bought my mom book two for her birthday she's reading through it and I'm like what do you think you know I'm like I actually got to edit and, and proofread that book and she goes well you did a good job but I still see some issues Oh no! So I looked at her and I was like, yeah, I was like, thanks mom. So I looked at her and I was like, what issues? <laughs> and she goes, well, not, not really a big deal of any kind. Just you end sentences with prepositions a lot. And I looked at her and I was like, writer does. That's a writer. yeah, I was like, mom, you, you, do you realize that it's not a textbook that <laughs> that in like fiction stories that's okay yeah and because that's how people talk we, yeah. we do that all the time you know because and i looked at her and i used this example i looked at her and i was like mom what are you talking about <laughs> about what are you speaking mother <laughs> and i was like which one sounds better sounds better <laughs> Which one sounds better? I was like, because people don't talk in the second example. People don't talk like that. Yeah. We just don't. We just don't. You know, we use words like ain't and wanna and gonna yeah. and fixin' to. And, you know, you're from Louisiana. You know all the, the southern slang and, and jargon that we use. So, you know, like, we, it, I don't want it to read like a textbook, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> so... It's, you know, just from that, that perspective to bring it back to our, our original point 
the, you know, wanting to make a story flow and wanting to make a story readable so that somebody doesn't feel like they're reading a textbook. Because um, I'm sure when you were in school, your textbooks were really boring. <laughs> yeah, they were so boring. Like if they actually read probably more on a relatable level, I think we could probably get into them, you know, more as kids, but they don't. So no, they don't. And it's, you know, like, especially history. Yeah. Was the, that was probably the one subject that I struggled with the most. Mm -hmm. You hand me a history book and I'm like, okay, it's nap time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, just those, those readable things and, you know, being able to, to go to reader friends of yours to, to bring it back to your original point of, you know, bouncing ideas off other readers and, you know, bouncing off, you know, bouncing off ideas from other authors. Um, it's just, you know, and I think that's what makes our community and our, you know, Twitter family um, mm -hmm. so close knit is because you know that, you know, if you find another author on Twitter, even if you've known them for about five seconds, if you ask them a question about writing or if you ask them a question about a story point, you know, or something like that, they're probably going to answer and they're probably going to want to help you out. Um, so it's, you know, I think that's what makes all of us such a, a wonderful community is because we are so willing to help other people out. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I um I actually have two really good writing friends who I met online, um, who I actually like wrote my book with, and we for the first year only knew each other online. Like we had never met in person, and it, I mean we met each other eventually. Like after a year, we went and um on a writers retreat, and I use that term loosely because we did not do any writing. We just like drank and had fun um, and hung out. But yeah, so, I mean, some of my best friends I met through writing communities. So yeah, I definitely think writers, we don't want to be alone. There's this idea of like a solitary writer, like typing away in the dark and, and not um, having people to bounce ideas off of. But that's not the case, at least not anymore. Um, I wouldn't be the writer I am without my friends and without a community so yeah exactly I yeah I I tell people when I started the picky bookworm I started on free wordpress and I had absolutely no clue how big the community was no mm -hmm. idea I literally thought and please 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 other bloggers do not at me for this because I have since changed my opinion I swear but when I started my book blog I honestly thought I was the only one yeah because I I had never seen like any others I wasn't on in the writing community on Twitter I mm -hmm. just you know was I literally thought I had had this super original idea no, um, I swear I have since changed my opinion because I I just had no idea how big how big it was. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, somebody, and it's so funny because somebody um, had tweeted out the other day asking for um, book influencers uh, to receive a PR box, to receive a, a bookish PR box. And somebody tagged me. Tagged you? That's so exciting. Yes. And I was like, I'm looking at this and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> huh? <laughs> I was like, Amazon doesn't even consider you a an Amazon influencer until you have 100,000 followers on Twitter. And I have less than 10,000. So I'm like, what? How did how do I qualify? It was like the imposter syndrome just like hit. And you know, but at the same time, I was thrilled. I was so excited because you know, it kind of felt like the the first the first time an author contacted me through Twitter and said, "Hey, I have this book. Would you be willing to read and review it on your website?" And I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> You know, because I, I'm a kid of the 90s and, you know, I was born in early 80s. I was born in 81 and I, I am what is considered an elder millennial um, for, for all of those, um, all of you generational weirdo people out there. Yeah. I am an elder millennial. I'm one of the oldest ones. And um, so I, I'm a kid of the 90s. Well, in the 90s, we didn't have Amazon. We didn't have self-publishing. We didn't, I mean, there was none of that. There might be, might have been small presses. Um, but for the most part, if you were not published through one of the big five or one of their imprints, you didn't get published. And right. nobody was ever going to read your book. And so... For me, if I didn't find it at the library, I didn't find it. Like, mm -hmm. I, you know, we you know, did not grow up rich. We did not grow up wealthy. And, you know, we didn't just go to the bookstore and buy books. We went to the library. And um, so then, you know, I joined the, the community on, on Twitter and I start making friends with authors. And, you know, I get this author, he'd he DMs me on, on Twitter and he asks me, I'm sorry, what? An, an author? <laughs> right? Yeah. I felt like I had arrived. Like I felt like on top of the world and, you know, I just knew that I was going to be this big, huge success. And I just knew that, you know, my blog was going places and, you know, to be fair, I, it is doing quite well. Um, but, you know, and I, I have managed to, um, to grow um, quite a bit over the past mm -hmm. four years. But, you know, so getting that tag and, you know, being, being contacted uh, to potentially receive one of these book influencer PR boxes was kind of that same feeling. Yeah. Was, holy crap. I, I am on top of the world. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm telling my husband this. I'm like, apparently I'm an influencer. This is so cool. <laughs> I was so excited. So, you know, whether or not I, I actually do get to receive one of these PR boxes, um, I, it just, that completely made my whole entire week. And um, I 
to the the wonderful author um, who had this idea and to the person who tagged me. Thank you. Um, I don't remember what their names were, um, <laughs> but I'd have to go look at my notifications on Twitter to find out for sure. But um, but yeah, it was just that, you know, kind of that same feeling of, you know, just I have arrived. I am part of the in crowd. Yeah. Uh, so let's get off me for just a minute. Um, and tell us about your book slash books if you have more than one what is yeah. it about um and you know where can people find them find it yeah. um i released a book i just have the one right now i have a few more in the works but i released it um it came out may 1st and right now it's just on amazon right now as uh an indie author that's really the only place um self-publishing i can get it at the moment just with costs and things like that so it is on amazon um hardback paperback and uh ebook it is on kindle unlimited um it's called a blood and magic and i like i said i wrote it with um two of my writing friends and it started as a writing exercise that we didn't expect to go anywhere. Um, we would each take a chapter and the story, wherever the story went, it went. And we would critique each other's chapter and grow, try and grow from that and grow as writers. And about halfway through, we were like, wait a second, this is actually turning into a story. Like, do you guys want to plot it? And so we loosely plotted the rest of the story and once it was done, we had to go back and rewrite the first half of the book so that it lined up with the last half of the book that we had plotted. So that was a labor in and of itself. Um, and then got it edited into beta readers and more editing. And finally, it was uh, time to release. And so I'm pretty sure we've sold like 80 copies and um, all to family, but <laughs> at least it's out there. You know, someone has it in their hands. So it's exciting. We're working on the sequel right now, and I think it's gonna be three books. Um, and then I just have some other stories that I'm just working on by myself. So, well, I am loving that cover. Isn't it pretty? I I am such a sucker for a pretty cover. My, I, I tell people that I, I judge a book by its cover. I really do. It's, I, it's not something that I am necessarily proud of because I know that the story inside is just as important. But if, if I come across a book that the blurb sounds really interesting, but the cover's just kind of meh, yeah i probably am not going to get it yeah it's but but if the cover is gorgeous and if the cover is absolutely beautiful i'm not gonna care as much what's in the blurb yeah so it's i i do i judge a book by its cover i'm really sorry all of you authors out there um but i will say that indie authors in particular have really figured that out that people do that and they will do what is necessary to make sure their cover is really really pretty 
Um, and I've only run across just a couple. Like, I, I came across one that I'm not going to name the book. But the, the blurb sounded really interesting. And then I looked at the cover. And the cover looked like it had been drawn by a kindergartner. Oh, yeah. And I I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I absolutely could not do it. And it, I mean, and I, I... They are, but it is worth the money to put a pretty cover on it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? Just for people like me. <laughs> people like me, too. Because, yeah, I, I put pretty books on my shelves. <laughs> I, yeah, we'll see. And I, you know, I have my a Kindle... But, you know, when I am scrolling through my Kindle looking for books, I'm going to, like, those pretty covers, they're going to grab at me. And I'm more likely to open up one of those ones with a pretty cover as I'm scrolling through. So it's, you know. Um, but anyway, I um, opened up on Amazon. I opened up the, um, the blurb for it. So I'm going to read that just really quick because it sounds really interesting. Um, and I can pretty well guarantee you that um, I, I think I'm probably about to buy it. So we'll see. Well, in, you do. Love it. <laughs> in the heart of Lenoria lies Kalami, a prestigious witching school where magic reigns supreme. But beneath the glamour and power, a centuries-old curse looms waiting to be unleashed. Sisters Arabella and Saren Marudas are low-born low witches, thrust into the dangerous and complex world of Kalami as they struggle to navigate the intricacies of the school and their own relationship. They are drawn into a plot to unlock an ancient magic by a scheming young wizard. The sisters must put aside their differences and work together to unravel the mysteries of the past to save Lenoria from the darkness that threatens to consume everything they've ever known. As they delve deeper, they soon discover that love and power can be a deadly combination. A thrilling tale of magic, love, and power. Of Blood and Magic is a page-turner that will keep you on the edge of your seat until the very end. Will the sisters be able to break the curse and save their world, or will they fall victim to the darkness that has haunted Kalami for centuries? Some things are worth burning for. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds really fun. Um, I'm leaving it up on my computer so I won't forget because I, I think I need to buy it. Um, magic and fantasy and fantasy is probably my favorite genre. So anything um, that is like a new world and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I love fantasy. So definitely have to check it out. Um, so what what kind of books do you like to read? I like fantasy and I like romantic comedies. Those are like the two genres. <laughs> I really, uh, those draw me in fantasy books and then just like funny rom-coms, sometimes urban fantasy. Um, I, for a long time, especially when I was younger, like teenager twenties, um, I was really on an urban fantasy kick. Um, but these days it's either, just hardcore fantasy, romantic fantasy, or just like funny rom-com, like lighthearted, gonna make me laugh and giggle, but the outcome is obviously they're gonna end up together. Um, that's that's right. Okay. 
So you um, you sent me three book recommendations. Um, so are they um, are these books are they indie books or two of them are and one is um, fourth wing just came out. I think it's getting a lot of hype right now. Um, it's by Rebecca Yaros and she is a pretty I think she's written quite a few things, but um, this one seems to be hitting really big for her right now. Um, and it is a fantasy with dragons, which Ooh. I am super into, apparently. I did not know that. Um, <laughs> I'm like, yes, give me more dragons. Can I write a book with dragons in it? Um, and the second one, A Thread of Fate, is by J.A. Good. She is my co-author for A Blood and Magic, so I am a little bit biased, but not much, because A Thread of Fate is... The story is so good, and she's indie, um, and she just, the world that she created there, again, it's fantasy, it's enemies to lovers, there's a unique magic in it. It was really good, and then I think the third one I sent you is The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. Full on, just straight up rom-com, enemies to lovers, just had me like giggling and squealing and wishing that I could read it again for the first time by the end of I it. I love books yeah, like that. I like, oh my god, I wish I could. Uh, I, yeah, I love books like that. I, um, there was one, it was a trilogy that the, um, the author had asked me to beta read book one for him and just to make sure that the story was going in a place that he wanted it to go before he sent it off for editing and everything. And he, so he sent me book one and I, I think I was about halfway through or so, maybe a third of the way through. And, you know, my husband is not a reader. So I will sit and just, I don't worry about spoiling anything. I don't worry about telling him the ends of books. I don't, you know, like none of that because he, I know he's not going to read it. Um, Right. Yeah, so I, um, and I'm actually, uh, I need to get busy on it, but I'm actually writing um, a guest post um, for my friend Katie. Um, She is on, um, her website is deardatingbitch.com. I know, I I try really hard not to cuss on the (laughs) podcast, but when it's in the website, like, I can't really help it. So I'm really sorry, people. but I, she had sent out her newsletter asking for, um, you know, just telling people, hey, if you have guest post ideas, let me know. I'm, I'm accepting submissions right now. And so she told me that, you know, anything having to do with books. And I'm like, books and relationships. Let's see. Um, what, how do you handle it when your significant other is not a reader? And so she got really excited about that. So I actually need to get busy writing that post. But, um, you know, so my husband is is not a reader. And so I'm about a third of the way through this book. And I told him, I'm like, I am struggling so hard to find something negative to say about this book. And, you know, I was like, because when you beta read for somebody, they're wanting a balance between this, this is what I really like, and this is, you know, something that could use a little work. I'm like, I can't 
find a thing to say that needs work in this story. I'm like, I am loving this. Like, I was like super protective of the main character. And, you know, I just wanted to like kill everybody and just like protect her because, yeah. you know, she, she started out so vulnerable and, you know, so, um, you know, so when I finished book one, I emailed him, you know, my report, you know, all of that. And I was like, okay, I don't care if they're edited, but do you have book two and three written? Cause I really want to find out what happened. Yeah. And so he happened to have books two and three written. And so he was able to send me like non like advanced advanced copies, like not yeah. edited at all. And so I was able to finish the story. And when I finished book three, I just kind of looked at my husband. And I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. Like, like that depression sinks in. <laughs> Do do I do I start with book one again? Do do I try to find another book? Do I like I I just I I don't know what to do with myself. Like I was just like book hangovers like hardcore. Yeah. And so when and I think that came across in my book review because I wrote a book review for a blog tour, and um you know the author was so happy that i enjoyed his books that he specifically requested that i be part of the book tour and or the blog tour yeah. and so of course i was thrilled and i had i think two people two or three people get about a third of the way through my book review and they're like i'm sold i don't even have to read the end of it and um so I'm like, yeah, just beware, beware okay. the book hangover because it's a thing. Um, and so now I, I know that you're super curious. So I'm going to tell you, I do, I uh, wanna know. they, they are released. They are fantasy. Um, and book one is called the mountain of souls. Book two is called the last hope. And book three is called the river of tears. And they are part of the uh, chosen trilogy by Marcus Lee. Sleep. yes and that. i um i let me see if i can find the the book cover. oh my gosh he sent me the book cover um mock-up for book one and i was like oh my god oh it was so pretty let me see if i can i'm gonna see if i can find it just very 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 quickly because i don't want um I don't want to like do too much. Oh, it's not on here. Come on. Oh, I could have sworn I read it this year. I guess not. So let's try this again. Um, it must have been late last year that I read it. But yeah, I was just like, oh my gosh, the books were so good. Mm -hmm. And highly, highly, highly recommend okay I, I don't have it handy i will have to show you later <laughs> but um but yeah the mountain of souls the chosen trilogy um i am warning you right now the book hangover is for real mm -hmm. it is absolutely no joke i i don't normally get like really bad book hangovers yeah you know i'm just like okay i'm i'm done i loved it 
uh-huh. you know, move on to the next book. That one, I don't think I was able to start reading a new book for like two or three days. Like I, yeah, it was, it was for real. Cause I'm like, what, what is going to compare? Like, yeah. And you know, I, and I absolutely love my indie books. Like I love them. They're pretty much all I read. And, you know, I, you know, when I finish one and it's really, really, really good, I will tell people about it. It has been a while since a book hit me that hard. Um, so yeah, it was interesting. Um, just how much it, it hit me just, ah. um, another one, another book recommendation that I will give you since you love, um, fantasy is, um, the Roots and Stars duology, I think is what it's called. Um, book one is Falling Through the Weaving. Um, and book two is bum, bum, Dragons in the Weaving. Oh, okay. um, but that's all. But that's all I'm going to tell you. Um, I, I actually tell people when I recommend these two books, I honestly, I don't know if the author's really mad at me for this or not. Um, but I, I highly, highly, highly recommend them. If you love fantasy, you need these books, but read them blind. Okay. Go in with like, so like as little knowledge about the story as absolutely possible. Oh, that's exciting. Yes, because, (laughs) so here's why. She had hired me to um, proofread book two for her, but then she wanted um, both books to have like the same consistent proofread throughout. So she hired me, so she decided to do a re-release of book one and had me proofread book one um, for her as well. And she didn't tell me anything about it. Yeah. She just sent me the books. And, you know, so I started reading and I kid you not, she got so many emails and so many DMs from me on Twitter. I believe one of the emails I sent her was literally just, no! (laughs) And she was like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be happy or sad that you're doing that. And I'm like, oh no, don't be mad. Don't, don't be sad. It's, it's fine. I'm just, I'm really, really, really mad right now. Um, and so she, so the reason that I tell people when I recommend the books, when the reason that I tell them to go in blind is because she, she told me when I had her on the podcast, she told me, she goes, you know, I probably should have had you read the blurb first because all that stuff is in there. No, so she's and like, I was like, so well, it's but see that so here's the thing, it's not necessarily a spoiler, okay. That that is in the the blurb, um, but if I had known about it in advance. Mm-hmm. I would not have had that visceral emotional response that I had to to what happened. So while I'm sure there are readers out there that can read that blurb and be totally fine and still have that same emotional response, I really think that for me, knowing nothing 
mm-hmm. made it more emotional and, and I, I connected more because there's, you know, this, this one thing that you are expecting to happen and there's this one thing that you are, um, you know, really happy about and then it changes. Yeah. And that, that change, it, I was not happy about it. <laughs> that was not good. Was not um, good. And, you know, but I hadn't known to expect it. Mm-hmm. And so it, so I, I had that no yeah. feeling about what happened. And so whenever I do, whenever I recommend the, the books to somebody, I'm like, just go in blind. You just mm-hmm. don't, when you go on Amazon to buy the books, don't read the blurb. Just don't. Okay. Trust me. Okay. Just trust me on this. Don't read the blurb. Um, and then when you choose to read the, bl- the books, please feel free. You are not going to spoil anything for me anymore. Feel free to DM me as often as you want with those same visceral emotional yeah. responses. <laughs> because I know you're probably going to have them. So um, I... I had a question. Sorry, I have a, a box sitting on my bed that decided it needed to tip over on me. Um, and it's 10 pounds of candle wax, so I don't want it falling on my computer. Um, so I had a question um, about one of your book recommendations because um, I, whenever a book, especially a mainstream book, um, has a lot of hype surrounding it and has like a lot of people going, Oh my God, you need to read this book. I tend to be disappointed by the book. So my question about uh, fourth wing by Rebecca Yaros is, do you think it is worth the hype? And why do you think it is worth the hype? I'm halfway through it and I recommended it. I'm like, you need to read this book because I'm so excited about it. Um, my best friend who has gone through the book, she says she is in the biggest hangover that she's ever been through with this book. Like she is questioning her her writing. Like she's a writer. She's like, I just don't think that I can that it's this ever. Um, so I mean it's just it's really has been impactful on her and writing. Like, like I have my little next to me because I'm writing down lines that I'm like oh wow that is just so beautifully written I want to take that with me I want to remember them and the story so far is really I think it's powerful the main character has a connective tissue disease and so she's tech I mean she's like not strong a lot of her issues come from being physically weaker than everybody else in the story she gets a lot of injuries and so she's having to deal with those injuries while also trying to be the best at this military school that she's been thrust into. So I think those issues are also powerful. Um, so yeah, I, I like it a lot. It reads a little YA. It has um, kind of a younger voice to it, I think. So going into that, you would need to know that, that it's not like a 
hoity-toity, high fantasy type book. You do have a younger main adult character. She is written as an adult, but she does read a little young to me, like maybe 17, 18. I, I don't think her age has been late, has been stated yet, though. So going into it, you just need to know that you're probably getting more on the younger spectrum of, of fantasy. But so far, I really like it. Okay. Um, yeah, because I, um, I read... Um, a Curse uh, So Dark and Lonely mm-hmm. by Bridget Kem- Kemmerer. Yeah. Um, and the um, one of the things that I really liked about that book um, was the, um, the fact that the main character had um, cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I... I found it because she didn't let it, like, it was just there. Like, it was just kind of part of her. She didn't let it stop her or anything. And I don't, um, I don't usually like, um, Beauty and the Beast retellings. Um, just because I'm like, okay, can we say Stockholm Syndrome, you guys? Seriously? (laughs) Um, you know, people are always going on, like, um, I think it was, what was her name? Um, Kira Knightley. Okay. Was on, was on Ellen, I think it was, and was talking about the fact that she didn't let her little girl watch The Little Mermaid. And the, the interviewer asked her why, and she was like, because I don't want my daughter learning that you can give up your voice for a man. And I was like, okay, but we're not talking about the the beauty and the beast thing. Like, you know, Emma Watson is like one of the biggest feminists out there and she played Belle in the live action. I'm like, okay, are you guys not understanding this? Like, you're not are you not getting this? Um so soapbox I could stand on for years. Um, so I'm gonna move on as quickly as I can. Um, but to my original point, I don't read very much, very many Beauty and the Beast retellings. Like my friend Jay um, has a has a book that she she calls it a sapphic Beauty and the Beast retelling. I don't agree. Okay. Um, but because it's it, it there's not that feeling of Stockholm syndrome to it, so I'm like, you know, yeah, I I will recommend that one. It's called Undergrounder by J J E Glass. Um, really, really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. highly recommend it. I got to I got to proofread that one too. So, um, but A Curse of Dark and Lonely, um, is very much a, a Beauty and the Beast retelling but it's way different. And um, because the the one thing that to me makes it different is she she's being held captive in like typical Beauty and the Beast, like, you know, but she never stops trying to get away. Okay. And she, you know, and then there's, um, if I if I say anything more on that regard, it's gonna like say too much. But she is, but at the same time, she's very 
empowering. Like she, um, you know, there's a couple of points um, in the in the story where she's like, okay, I am aware that I am a captive here, and I am aware that, um, you know, there's you know certain things going on, but let's see if I can't make a difference in spite of that. And so there's, you know, a couple of situations where she, um, you know, while she's being held captive, she basically goes to the prince and is like, let's do such and such because Ah. obviously you can afford it. You're a prince. Um, And, you know, he's, you know, the prince is like, yeah, okay. Um, you know, and so it's, you know, she just kind of at, you know, certain points in the story, she just kind of takes matters into her own hands and is like, okay, if these, you know, things are going to be expected of me in, you know, certain regards, um, then I'm going to make the best use of them that I can. And so I haven't read book two yet. I'm waiting to get all of them in the series before I go back. But I definitely plan on on just rereading the the whole series over again because um, it is very well done. The cover, oh, the cover, so pretty. Um, they're gorgeous. I, you what? The the covers are beautiful. For oh, the gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. I I had actually gotten book one, I think, from the library, um, and grabbed it because of the cover, mm-hmm. and. Um, when I was done reading it, I, there was still time left on my borrow period. And so I loaned it to my mom and I'm like, just ignore the title mom. Cause you know, my mom's like super picky about like her titles and, and books and, and things like that. So, um, you know, I was like, just ignore the title. It's fine. It's a beauty and the beast retelling. Just, you know, read the book. And, yeah. um, you know, she's kind of reached a point where she will, you know, she'll read a book blind. Like if I recommend her a book and say, mom, you will love this book. Yeah. Okay. And she'll just go find it and she'll, you know, she's got the money, she'll buy it and not yeah. know anything about it. She'll just be like, I trust you. Okay. And that was just kind of what happened with, with this one. And she came to me a couple of days later and she was like, oh my gosh, it was so good. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> so it's you know again highly recommend those are, so those are my three ish <laughs> recommendations um your screen has frozen it did like, didn't okay yeah. i'm still here you can see me hear me i can hear yeah i can hear you i can see your face luckily you're smiling um you're Screen has not frozen in like some really weird face <laughs> so it's all good. Um, so we've got about ten minutes left. Um, what? I I don't think I've asked this question in a while. Um, but since you have just released your debut book. What is a a piece of advice or a tool or um, a process, a writing process that really helped you out um, during the writing of the book that you think our listeners would find value in? Yeah, um, 
because I have ADHD, which you and I discussed before we started the podcast, um, I need people to hold me accountable. And um, so I don't know if any other writers out there who have ADHD would find this helpful or not. I need someone to tell me, okay, sit down and write. Um, or I need to do this process where if I do sit down and write, I have this cute little hourglass timer that does it for 15 minutes. And so I will sit down to write and I'll flip it over and I'll do 15 minutes at a time. And then I'll get up and I'll, you know, take a break, stretch my legs, do an errand, whatever. I'll come back and I'll write, you know, for 15 more minutes. Um, so it feels less like a chore and more of like a race against the timer to do as much as I can. Um, and But just having those writing partners, find yourself a critique partner, find yourself someone who you can exchange pages with, that has been most helpful for me because I need validation. I need someone to be like, hey, you don't suck at this. I need more, <laughs> I need more, please keep going. Oh my God. Oh, you know? I, I, the validation thing, when you said that, I'm like, okay, yeah, I feel that in my soul. Yeah. Um, I, I literally will take, um, you know, like I have a day job and so they all know that I make candles. And so every once in a while I will just take candles up there and I'll be like, just smell <laughs> the candles and just tell me that I'm doing a good job. I'm like, I you don't need to buy them. I'm not trying to hawk my candles to you. Now, if you ask to buy them, I'm not going to say no. But <laughs> I just want you to smell the candle and tell me that it smells really good. Um, I just need the validation. So, right. yeah, yeah, just having somebody say, no, you don't suck. Um, you know, somebody, somebody unbiased. Right. Um, because, you know, my husband is going to tell me, all day long, no, you don't suck. And while I believe him, it's not quite the same thing as right. somebody who is not biased says it. So, you know, I will never ever tell him I don't need validation from you, like ever, because um, I know he can probably hear me recording. Um, I won't ever tell him that because having him in my corner and having him on my side in that regard is so important. Like you guys would not have the picky bookworm still if it were not for him, if it were right. not for his support. I would have given up a long time ago. Um, just eight. I mean, I had untreated ADHD four years ago. So, you know. It's, but his support and his backing me up on things has been just absolutely invaluable. So I would never, ever, ever discount having that validation from him. Um, but at the same time, when somebody at work or, you know, somebody online, you know, is like, no, you don't suck. These candles are actually amazing. Right. Then, okay. You know. That's, you know, so it, it, the, the two forms of validation just hit in different ways. Um, so I, I completely get what you mean about having those critique partners and having, um, those bouncing boards to, to bounce ideas off of and, um, and things like that. So, um, okay. So we've got about seven minutes left or so, six minutes. Um, where can people find you to come hang out online? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter. I think I'm on Twitter as R Fazio writes. That's F A Z Z I O. It's a you know it's a doozy of a name. 
Um, TikTok, it's Rebecca Fazio Writes. Instagram, it's Rebecca Fazio Writes. And Facebook, it's Rebecca Fazio Author. So um, basically just my name and rights or, you know, just my name. So sometimes I'm funny. <laughs> do, you, do you have do you have a website or are you just on social I do I have I forgot about that I have a website it's very very simple and it just directs you back to my socials so it's rebeccafazio.com okay um so um well that's I don't, I honestly, I don't think I've ever run into that before where it's like, I have, you have a website to direct people to social. It's usually the other way around. Like you go on social to direct people to your website. Um, that's, <laughs> well, it's because I was like, oh, I guess I separate. need a website. But then I was like, what am I going to do with a website? So it just, You're gonna I haven't done anything website. with it yet. You're going to blog on your website. Oh, short form. Short stories or have people guest write for like guest post for you. Yeah, there's yes, we'll, we'll talk when we're done okay. recording. We'll talk and <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll let you it. know. <laughs> um, I actually have a um printable um that is uh, I believe 15 um 15 ideas um for blog ideas for your author website. Um, that. That, okay. yeah, that you can have, um, I just have to sign up for my newsletter, but yeah, you can have that. Um, I will see what I can do to find, find that for you <laughs> so that I can send that to you. Um, but yeah, it's like, um, ideas like uh, a day in the life, um, of okay. writing, um, short stories, um, serials. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Andy Weir, the author who wrote The Martian, uh -huh, yeah. uh, his book, The Martian, started as a free web serial. Oh, that's really cool. No, yeah. I didn't know that. It started as a free web serial, and it, once, I guess, it reached, like, a certain point, then he self-published. Mm -hmm. um, and then it went traditional, I guess. I don't even, I'm not even quite sure about that part. But it's now the blockbuster movie that we all know and love with Matt Damon in it. You are convinced. It's, yeah. <laughs> it started as a free web serial, you guys. Okay, so, yeah. yeah. So do not give up. That is, like, the best example that I can give of, one, why you need a website, and two, why you should never give up because you okay. Literally do not know what is going to happen. Like you don't, you have no clue. You could have the next Martian book. You just don't know. So, and I'm, I know you're seeing me on video and I'm sitting here scratching my nose. I cannot get my nose to stop. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, you can't see me at all. So I feel so bad. I don't know why. <laughs> you, can be, you can be sitting there picking your nose for all you <laughs> I know. Am. Um, I am. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I figured I would let you know. No, I am not sitting here picking my nose. I swear. I am scratching it. It is itching. It is driving me absolutely up the <laughs> Um, But luckily, we are almost done. So um, you all have to watch me, you know, scratch my nose. <laughs> uh, but no, I can't get it to stop itching. It's, oh, it's driving me crazy. Um, but that is, you know, my word of encouragement for the day is do not give up because you might have the next Martian in your head. You just don't know. Um, 
And yes, I'm aware of how that sounds, but I don't care. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can have the next alien in your head. No, no, no. Um, so yeah, is um, whenever we get, uh, whenever we stop recording, I will um, find out where that's where that printable is at. I will put it in the show notes for you guys as well. So if you sign up for my newsletter and you have an author website, um, you can grab those ideas um, on just you know, just 15 ideas. So it's not like anything um, big, huge, not anything. They're not anything that takes like a whole crap ton of time um, for you guys um, to implement for your websites. So um, yeah, I put it as part of um, a blog post actually that I wrote on why you should be blogging on your author website. (laughs) So, um, you know, I'm like, they're, you know, yeah, authors, I can tell them all day long that they should be blogging on their author website, but a lot of them struggle with those ideas um, on what I to do. Long, it's funny, I can write, you know, 20,000 words, but give me 1,500, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> and I am the exact opposite. You <laughs> tell me, write, you know, um, most blog posts, they say to write between 700 and 1,000 words. I have oh. book reviews. Book reviews that are 2,500 words or more. Yeah. I can see so, reviews. I like that. I can see some book reviews on there. <laughs> so yeah, like book reviews, like a day in the life of writing, um, you know, short stories, those little serials. So yeah, I mean, there's, I've got tons of ideas on there. Um, but yeah, I'll get that to you. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and I think we are almost out of time. Do you have any last words for the listeners? Um, I do not. <laughs> okay, just keep reading, keep writing. We'll we'll keep say reading, that. Keep writing, you know, find find a good critique partner. They ought, they can be hard to find. Finding someone you mesh with, it's just like a therapist. You might have to go through a few. Um, but you know, just try and find someone you vibe with who. I don't know just it just find someone because really having someone who validates you and who doesn't just tell you what you want to hear but who helps you grow as a writer has made all the difference for my writing oh yeah for sure um and of course go buy a flood and magic go buy my book (laughs) do that I will be sure to link that in the show notes as well for everybody so um Okay, well, thank you for coming and chatting with me today. It was an absolute blast. It's such so much fun. I will talk to you soon. Sounds good. Bye. Bye.